When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think over the course of my life, people just quote stuff at me and be like, expect me to respond. Like, my name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Yeah, Prepare I've heard that die. before, and I've yeah. literally never known exactly. where it's come from. Yeah, and I was just like, what are they doing? And then it's here. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. It feels like there's a massive jigsaw puzzle that's like slotted into my cultural reference. Exactly. Yeah. You're gonna plug the Nexus in at last. 118, that's episode 118 of Flixwatcher Podcast. Hello, film fans. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast. In the studio today, we have Andy. Hello. Kira. Hi. And Kobe. Hello. And we are reviewing The Princess Bride. Hey guys, before we get into the show proper, please do find us on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. Come to our website, FlixWatcher.tv. And if you are interested in seeing pictures of Netflix films, come to us on Instagram at FlixWatcher. All films reviewed were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. This episode will contain bad language and spoilers. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. Today we have Andy and Kira with us. If you would like to say hello and tell our listeners about the podcast you do together. Hi. Uh, that's Kira. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm Andy. And uh, we are different members of Wooden Overcoats in one way or another. So I'm the producer of Wooden Overcoats. Kira is... Georgie. The, Georgie. Um, and uh, Wooden Overcoats is a podcast sitcom about two rival funeral directors on the tiny channel island of Piffling Vale, uh, a fictional channel island, so don't look it up or try to visit. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, the series follows uh, Antigone and Rudyard Fun, two funeral directors uh, who are have a solid reputation of being the only funeral home on the island. That is until the swaggering, charming Eric Chapman moves in just across the square um, and disrupts their lives forever with his... Uh, sort of google of funeral homes versus their traditional establishment nice were you involved in, in the beginnings of wooden overcoats we've had a few uh wooden overcoats alumni on here there are many apocryphal tales sure about the how, how um, it started how it started how we all found each now, other the way i remember it is uh i was doing a recording of one of uh felix's plays radio man uh and we never did anything with it because the recording didn't go necessarily that well. Um, we were sort of walking up a bank of a canal while he just sort of did his one-man play into a Zoom, but uh, there was a lot of wind noise. It didn't quite work out. And we, we were driving back with uh, with Tom and, and Felix, and uh, they mentioned this idea of doing a kind of short film of rival funeral directors and kind of wanted to do it in a kind of silent film thing. Yeah. And uh, unpopular opinion for this podcast, I was like, if you make a short film, probably no one will watch it. Uh, why don't we? Why don't we make a podcast series? And uh, and then they, that is not how they remember it. <laughs> um, but that was like quite a long time before the sort of uh, uh, the January happening where they they brought the idea to David, and he apparently went up for a shower and came down with a script. Um, and how then, long was the shower? 
I mean, David Shaw was a legendary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but more accurately, he came down with a sort of sketch of a plan for how a, how a first episode might look. And uh, and then we all met up uh, at the BFI South Bank and I brought John Wakefield, my co-producer, uh, down because it was my first proper production sitcom effort and I didn't think I could do eight episodes on my own. Sure. Um, and it, as it turned out, uh, me and John became the sort of co-directors on it and uh, yeah, and it sort of went, went, went from there. Yeah, it's a really fun podcast. I don't listen to audio dramas really, but yours—I think yours is the only one I listen to. Oh well, uh, I'll <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I would point you in the direction of some other good ones. Uh, uh, the Archers. The Archers. <laughs> Classic. Uh, really good sitcom. That uh, they, they really nail farming. Uh, no. Um, oh, there's Imaginary Doctor Panassus. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jermaine Clement's one, yeah, which is which is, is hilarious. Yeah, I only listen fun. to Wooden Overcoats. <laughs> and now Flix watch a podcast <laughs> um, there's also Victoriosity which is very worth checking out yes that's uh, Tom that's uh, Tom Crowley's Tom, Tom is in that yeah, yeah. He's, he plays uh, Inspector Fleet the lead in that it's written by uh, by Jen and Chris Sugden, um who live in Oxford uh, really really great bit of writing not Jen and Chris who live in Cambridge oh my god I <laughs> <laughs> can only be two <laughs> um and then uh, other other good shit. I don't really want to go down a big list of them. Because right. We'll be here all day. But, um, but well, let's talk. Big, pick up your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking today about the Princess Bride, which is your choice, Andy. It is. Can you tell us why you chose it and a two-minute synopsis, please? So, um, I think this is one of the most quoted films at me of my <laughs> uh, entire life, and I haven't, I hadn't actually seen it until this, but I thought I had seen it. Right. So um, I, I genuinely thought I'd watched it a few years ago, uh, and, I, and maybe I did, but I remembered nothing of it when I sat down to watch it, apart from all the quotes from it, because, uh, you know, people just, especially the Overcoats team, just throw this into the conversation all the time. Yeah. Uh, and there are so many brilliant quotable lines in it. But uh, the film starts with uh, a grandpa re- reading a sick child a story. And this child doesn't want to be read a story, he wants to play video games. Uh, and he sort of gradually... Of becomes more engrossed in this mad apocryphal tale uh, as the film goes on. Uh, and the, the, the sort of story within the story is uh, there are a couple on a farm who, who fall in love uh, uh, over the course of just sort of vague interactions with each other. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he has to go off on some quest and then she thinks he's dead. So she gets married to someone else for reasons not clearly explained uh, <laughs> and then he comes back to sort of kidnap her back and win her heart back uh, and then the film continues in its in its wonderful shaggy dog way towards the end. Uh, Helen your thoughts on Princess Bride? So I have seen this before probably quite a while ago mm. um, it's a strange one I, I think because you this is the first time you've seen it um, you think so, so. and have you seen it before no i hadn't seen it before i can't believe i'd never seen it before but it was the first time i watched it was for this conversation and kobe as well no this is my first time watching it but this is this is a film that came out in in 1987 and this is a film that people at least of our age held held this up as being one of the greatest films ever made and nothing can touch it at all and it's kind of like Ah, and I don't know. For us not to watch it is kind of strange. Well, the thing is, I had watched it, but not in the 80s. Yeah. Or I... Mm, you didn't watch I, it when it came out? Definitely not. And when when I think I thought I'd watched it, I was thinking of Willow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I think I watched this probably maybe in my 20s and I thought there were some funny bits in it, but I really, really struggled with it. This time round or just generally? Well, the first time round and I was a bit like, I don't, I didn't get it. I don't know what it is. And this time round again, I was just, it's not for me. Ooh. Oh, controversial. Uh, uh, so 1987, which is when this came out, just going quickly through the list of films that came out in 1987. That we, I'm going to touch on the ones that we would have seen, mm. age appropriate. Spaceballs. Um, Definitely so Spaceballs, um, Robocop, not age appropriate, but I saw that at the time. Masters of the Universe. Definitely. Um, I saw Empire of the Sun quite young. Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Um, Lethal Weapon would have seen that when it came out. Yeah. So there's, um, there's lots of over, overboard. So a lot of these films, Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, Police Academy, Mannequin. Mannequin, that's so a good one. At this, at, this t- at this kind of time, there's just, these films are on TV oh, like all the time. Good Morning Vietnam is a great film. Absolutely. Well. Yeah. So I just what don't I don't understand how we both missed this in like the late eighties, early nineties when we were, as as a kid. It just makes no. It, and also it because doesn't make any sense to me. I have I have seen some. I mean, I say Willow again. I have seen Willow more than in once. a space. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe it is the genre that I would have definitely seen. Dragnet, Three Men and Baby. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> all all of all of like the, the inner space and things like that. All of the little sci fi ones. Mm. I probably would have seen. But this, I don't know. It just passed me by. I can only think it was... I mean, we had on this on the show, we reviewed Midnight Run, which is a film you watched loads over the 80s. But for me, for whatever reason, I just hadn't seen it. Um, so it might have just been literally a film that the name didn't appeal to me. And I think as a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, uh, when this would have come out, so maybe nine when it came to TV, the, the title, The Princess Bride, for me would be like, ugh. Yeah. Give me a Robocop. Yeah. Um, and I think... I must, must Give me been... films with swearing in. Yeah, yeah, I think that must have been the reason that it escaped my mind. I think that might have been how I thought I'd watch it but not watched it. As yeah. Well. Where I, just, I must have had that feeling of, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to watch that later and then sat down to pick it and gone, oh, you know, I'm going to pass on The Princess Bride and watch something else. Yeah. Mm. I must have done that so many times that I just believed I'd seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I wasn't alive and I'd never heard of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hot takes from Kira. <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts on watching it for the first time, not knowing it existed? I mean, I was, I actually did really enjoy it. And I love, I think I've definitely heard people, as you say, like saying the quotes at me and I've heard some of the little lines before. And I, yeah, it was cool seeing like Robin Wright. I mean, I'd seen her in like Forrest Gump or whatever, but like seeing her when she's like super young in the film. I mean, I think there are, there is a bit, problematic in the way that there's literally like one female character there's two two there's there's her the the young woman and then there's the old woman who shouts at her towards uh-huh. the end yeah. of the film yeah um, but even the queen night. like the queen doesn't oh, yeah, speak the queen she doesn't have she yeah. has like one line yeah um so i was a bit like well, you've, got, um, you've got the kind of pauper which just, just goes yeah, yeah 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 oh wait no there's the other one there's the, the nagging wife of the miracle worker as yeah. well there's, there's a oh, lot, God, no, there's a no, lot no. of bad female characters yeah miracle max's wife yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um so yeah i mean i don't really know what to make of it apparently it's a cult classic isn't it um and i can see why you know it, it's quotable because those you know those lines are some of them are really funny some great dialogue. <laughs> yeah there's some really good dialogue but um yeah i i think uh, like yourself i just knew i think i knew literally all the quotable lines from it and i think over the course of my life i people just quoted stuff at me and be like i expect me to respond like mowage i'm like yeah. i don't know 
Inconceivable. Am I, am I supposed to? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah, inconceivable. And the one that one of the last ones that I got was the uh, my name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Yeah, I've heard that before, and I've literally yeah. never known exactly. where it's come from. Yeah, I've seen that reference in loads of other films. No, it's in, I think the first time I saw it referenced was in not coupling that um, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. They they played around with that, and I was just like, "What are they doing? What are they doing?" <laughs> and then it's here, yeah. and it's, it's nice. It feels like there's a massive jigsaw puzzle that's like slotted into my cultural references exactly yeah you're gonna plug the nexus in at last and i finally understand the world can yeah. i can because I, I sense a little like a little waver of animosity was this song in the air and so i just want to come out of the gate with, <laughs> with a really with, with a defensive because i love i love how this film is paced um like i love that every time it looks like something climactic is about to happen they delib- deliberately throw in one of the, one of the most like like these lovely slow paced comedy scenes yeah which just like only work through really good ensemble and character work. Like the first one being when he's trying to climb the side of the cliff. Yeah. Uh, and then they cut the rope and he's just like hanging there. And then Diego Montoya is on, on, on top of the on top of the cliff and he's just looking down and he's like, Do you want do you want any help? And he's like, <laughs> this is harder than it looks. <laughs> you could at least help me. Uh, and that scene lasts absolutely it ages. It lasts a while, doesn't it? Uh, and then the fight afterwards like has again like Diego Brilliant. Montoya has all the best of the in it. Scene. Um yeah, and then there's that bit in the middle where he goes, I must your, I must know your name and then he goes, What what's the line? Um uh, you'll have to get used to disappointment. And he goes, okay. <laughs> already, already launching in. So brilliant physical performances. Um, it's just, and- I love that how they, I have a secret. I'm left-handed. And then they, and then they spar for a bit more. And then uh, the, pirate, the Dread Pirate Roberts, a.k.a. Wesley goes, I also have a secret. I'm also right-handed. And then they... <laughs> <laughs> and both of them learn fencing of their own accord for that film. Like they didn't have the budget to like... Can I say, I thought the fencing scenes were fantastic. Yeah. I, thought, yeah. I generally thought they were some of the best um, fight sword craft scenes I've seen on, on they're, film. They're all just like long shots. Yeah. Uh, like sometimes when quite far away, sometimes like nice close-ups and then it'll only really snap for a moment of like great dialogue. Yeah. Mm. And then it'll, they'll usually stop fighting for a second clearly because they were just trying not to call so they didn't <laughs> have a line. They're both really agile as well. They're like so agile. Have you seen Mandy Patankin recently? He's, he plays Nigga Montoya. I've not seen him no. recently. Because he, um, he looks like he's like 80 years old. Yeah. And when, I knew he was in the film because people say, oh, it's Mandy Patankin from Princess Bride. I was like, okay, fine, fine. Um, and I'll get a picture of of him but he does not strike me as as an eager montoya agile agile <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i was him from homeland yes oh my goodness i had not made that connection at all oh wow he looks so different that now beard puts years on him doesn't it, it he does needs do. to shave that off i don't know i quite like it <laughs> <laughs> no i love his hair in the princess that was one of the comments i was gonna make he's He's got really good hair. Yeah, so he's uh, so for people who can't see the picture, he's the sort of uh, the old wise CIA agent from from Homeland, Homeland, yeah, who just sort of chips in advice and like has the like really genteel and interrogation technique. Completely different performance yeah. to. He's got range. He's, he's got serious <laughs> range. Um, God, how old is he now? Um, uh, thing I don't like about the film, uh, I actually think the the whole grandpa child thing. Mm-hmm takes you out of it needlessly like it excuses it being really ridiculous all the way through but i always find that like as soon as it's a story within a story you have a level less investment sure in both parts inceptioning almost yeah yeah because as soon as you come back to the present day with the, the kid and the grandparent you're like i was enjoying the 
during the story bit and when you go back into the story bit it's reminded you that it's preposterous and fictional and you kind of lose your fun suspension of disbelief sure and it kind of kills I, it a bit i love that one though where it's like and the last words my father said when he's like grandpa grandpa <laughs> i really like that one it's used it's used well for comic effects at a couple of beats mm-hmm. um but i think I, it didn't need it for i know to make it work yeah and this is another thing in that having never seen this film i'd know a lot about it and how he's made and those intercuts were plot devices written because um the guy who wrote the book william goldman he wrote the script as well right and he had to, he, he injected that into the story to make it make sense within within its own uh parameters so a lot of the intersections and the intercuts were places where it, we just needed to go from a to b to make sense so, so i'm not sure if it was like a budget thing and i think if they did it now they wouldn't have that they might have the like bookending it, but they yeah. wouldn't necessarily have it into splicing into the into the. I film. think if they made it now, it'd also be two hundred and forty minutes as well. Or yeah. something like well, like the, the the good one of the best things about the film is it's ninety eight minute runtime. Like you're just in and out, and you've had a good time. Yeah, I loved a lot of the quaint special effects and stunts. Yeah, they were, they were clearly like of the time. Like when they when they climbed up the cliff, for example. Yeah, that was like that's no way does that in any way look like under a giant with like three other people on him. <laughs> yeah, he's going no, so fast. He's going as well. so fast up the hill. But when they do the close up, it's like oh, I'm really struggling here. And things like when they're doing the like gymnastic stuff and they're doing the fencing and they're landing on the mat, it's like that's clearly a, a crash mat there with like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when Andre Giants on fire, that looks so in. It's so weird. It's yeah. so, 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 so odd. But then it's like more well, mid 80s, so it kind of like, yeah, you can get away with it. I think, I think it actually gains something from that slightly gang show element of it. <laughs> I think it makes it, I think it makes it more fun. Yeah. Like it, if it looked really realistic, like you'd like that really. That great gag when he's in the torture chamber for the first time, and that new character comes uh, comes down, and he's like, "I will introduce you to pain." <coughs> yes, so I'll be your torturer. <laughs> <laughs> Love that bit. It's such a great bit, and that wouldn't work as well if he wasn't caked in really terrible makeup, yeah. and then in a, like a weird peasant outfit, like coming down. Like that was the yeah. first point in the film where I was thinking about the production. Uh, was when he came in because it was so bad, and it, if anything, it lended to the gag that then the albino, up. as he's as he's referred to, is it? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. All that's tricky. Well, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you, you, there's no. From my point of view, there's no need to be as um, defensive. I, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought, and I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna watch it for the first time and think, oh my god, I should have seen this when I was like five years old. This would have been the perfect time for me to watch it, but. And I think it would have been, but I think I still just, maybe because I knew a lot about it, maybe because I, and I also saw a recent documentary um, with Andre the Giant and he was talking about making the film and he was like in, apparently he's in a lot of pain making this film. So he couldn't yeah. even pick up uh, Robin Wright, who's like, you know, super tiny and he was a wrestler. So he was fighting with Holt Hogan and stuff like that. So he, her weight shouldn't have been a bother for him. And I know that Liam Neeson was the first, was a choice consideration for Fezzik. The, I know lots about it, um, but I just really, I did really enjoy it. That's, yeah. Should we talk about the cast in this? Yeah. Yeah. Helen, any thoughts on the casting? Um, so it's, it's Gary Eels. Carrie Elwes. Who? Carrie Elwes. Uh, I mean, who exactly? So what else has he been in? Uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of it, isn't it? Yeah. But let's, what about the people who have gone on to do other stuff? So we have uh, Christopher Guest um, of, off of Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wallace Shawn is is characterized in lots of different places robin wright's probably done the best out of this well no i guess billy crystal um so these guys have gone on to do pizza for i loved i really enjoyed seeing columbo in there yeah i thought it was a good granddad 
Yeah, he, Although he, his makeup was quite dodgy. Yeah, he looked like a 40-year-old man yeah, with, with <laughs> powder in his hair. With a grey. Old man makeup. Um, it, it's Vizzini who, you were saying this before, plays the, the dinosaur in Toy Story. Yeah, so right? I was watching it, I was like, where is this guy from? And then Googled it and it's uh, Rex in Toy Story right. and he's also in Clueless. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the first person I saw in it that I was like, oh my God, like that that is someone... You know. I know. Yeah, but I think my problem with Vizzini as a character is the bit when he... We could do spoilers, can't we? Yeah. Um, yep. when, when he dies of the poison, mm. you're, you're happy that he's dying, yeah. but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he, he is consistently quite annoying up to that point. Like the, the whole inconceivable thing. Yeah. It, it's only really funny for the, the immortal uh, riposte from... From uh, Diego Montoya, where he goes. Exactly, uh, I don't think it was that, that word you're using? <laughs> <laughs> it does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> it's interesting. It's got Mel Smith in it. Yeah, as the albino. Who's that? Well, the, Smith the and Jones. Oh, it's um, kind of what he'd done before. Is that kind no, of? No, it? it would have been about or, the same kind uh, of time as okay. Alias Smith. I mean, this is filmed in in England. Um, Carrie Elvis is is English. Um, obviously, got Peter Cook in there. Um, so I think this is. Robin's right American, though, isn't is she American? Because she's English in this. Yeah, her accent was pretty. Yeah, her she, accent was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, I was impressed. Um, I was a big fan of Fred Savage. But well, I don't know when was when was Wonder Years. Was it about this this kind of time? I would think so. Yeah, the Fred mid, Savage mid eighties. So I loved Clumber. I loved Wonder Years. So I just can't believe I didn't. I, this oh. never really kind of hit my radar. Uh, Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Can't find it. Was in the Twilight Zone. Oh, 1988 was uh, when the Wonder Years came out. So he would have definitely been, yeah, on my, you know, when you see kid actors and you think, yeah, I like that. I like that kid. He made it all the way to Goldmember. <laughs> he made it into Goldmember. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he, he sort of plays archetypal protesting American child, doesn't he? <laughs> but he does it well. Like, I've seen that be, I've seen that done badly. Uh, and when it's done badly, you, you Want that child. You, want the, you want to strangle yeah. the child to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't that annoying, um, which is nice because normally they are the kids. He's not really in it for that much, though, is he? No, it wouldn't be very hard to be that annoying <laughs> <laughs> in his three scenes. Um, he probably got cast in some big films off that role, so let's. Uh, well, I think let he, him have it. <laughs> definitely landed. Gold, gold member. I mean, yeah. the, the Wonder Years was like it was a huge TV show at the time uh, when we when we were growing up. So I think. Let's have a look at Carrie Elvis. He's just done bits and pieces. Yeah. Is, is he listed as a director? Is that, was that his main credit up top? I think that's a, a, a role he played in the film. Oh, I see. Director. Oh. Director. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, oh, wow. I don't it, think I've seen any of them. I mean, to be fair, what he's doing in this film, I mean, the fight, his fight stuff is great, but I think most of his fight stuff is when he's in the mask, isn't it? So It's most of us in the mask. But also, I really like the bit when his kind of legs have turned to jelly. I thought oh, yeah. the physical yeah. acting there was, that was really... Some, yeah. yeah. That was good. That was impressive. Um, what other bits do I like? There's some fun stuff in the lava forest with him and Robin Wright. Yep. Is it, it's not the lava forest, is it? The fire swamp. swamp. Fire, fire swamp. Fire swamp. Yeah. Yeah. With the rat things. That, what are they called? Rodents uh, of unusual size. Rodents of unusual size. Random. So this is another one. Did you know what that, what that reference was? No. Helen and I are in the quiz team and everyone, a film quiz team, and everyone, of course, has some kind of film quizzy punny name. And one yeah. of the teams is Rodents of unusual size. Right. And I I just thought that was a name they came up with one time and that was, you know, that was the, that was the name. And now when, I, when they said it, I was like, Yes! I know that reference now. 
there's another great bit of pacing. When you first see the rodents of a neutral sign, yeah. she's just fallen into the lightning sand. Yeah. And then he like ties the thing on, dies in after her, and then you just get a still shot for absolutely ages. And then that really weird <laughs> rodent of rodent unusual, unusual size. size comes up, just sort of like spikes the camera, and it's like, oh, hello, <laughs> and then just disappears off. And then it's still another few seconds before they emerge. It's just a great bit of like wrong footing where I just found myself like giggling from it. I really like that. Like the pa- apparently pacing gags are how to get me. Uh, <laughs> apparently so. Yeah. Anything else, guys, before we go to the scores? Uh, anything for you, Kim? <laughs> That's it for me. That's it. Right, let's go to the scores. Andy, this is your recommendation. This is your choice, sorry. Um, the Princess Bride. Can you start us off with your recommendability score, please? I would definitely be recommending this to people. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if, if you haven't seen it, like, liberating yourself from that moment of confusion when someone quotes something at you... Mm. Like, like a film like this which is just so ubiquitous yeah, everywhere and those references are everywhere and if anything just to put it in the center of your kind of reference nexus uh i, I don't want to give it i don't want to give it a full five because because in some ways it has dated in some ways like there, there are problems with it mm-hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in a 4.5 Ooh, very high it's very high isn't it kira i mean having not not watched it before and thoroughly enjoying it and finally understanding so many all things. of those <laughs> quotes that people were throwing at me. Um I definitely I definitely recommend this to people. I think I could definitely sit in with my friends and have a giggle. I give it a solid solid four, you know? Solid four. Helen. Well now you've seen it, you're the last person on earth I could recommend it to. <laughs> But if you've met someone else who hasn't seen it, I'd be a bit indifferent. Sure. I, 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 it's, I know, I know people have so much love for it, and um, I think that it's one of the things about it is that you've you've come to it this late, and you really love it. And I know people have so much, so much love for it, but I just, I found the the catchphrases just really a bit irritating. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know who I'd recommend it to. Um, but it is, you know, people have a lot of love for it. And um, yeah, so 3.5. Um, I'm going to go for 4.38. It's um, so specific. <laughs> <laughs> I think one reason I hadn't seen it, even though I knew of its existence and read all this stuff about it, was the weight of expectation behind it. And having not seen like Midnight Run, and you said it's one of your favourite films when you were a kid, uh, Helen, I just thought, oh. If I watch it now as an adult, this is clearly like a child's fantasy film. I'm I'm not the right target audience, so I probably need to wait for a conflict of maybe watching it with kids in the room or something like that, so I could kind of live vicariously through them. But I don't think I I think if you're just kind of open minded and think, yeah, I might kind of enjoy this film, then um, then do it. So I don't think you need to wait for anything special time. It's on Netflix, so there's no reason why you can't get it. And it must just be one of those films that was. Maybe there's just one of them in in the local video store when it when they came to video and never caught our eyes or never was recommended. But yeah, four point four point three eight. Nice repeat viewing score, Andy. Right. So given that I thought I was rewatching it <laughs> and then found out that I wasn't, 
I can't really give a considered ivory watch this and I know what it feels like yet. So I can't give it like the unequivocal really high score that I was going to. But I'm going to give it a high score anyway because I really want to see it again. Sure. Um, That's a good enough reason to give it a high score. Yeah. I mean, if you, when did you watch it? Uh, two or three nights ago. And if someone said, oh, do you want to watch it tonight? What would you say? I'd probably be like, let me get my been done. I'll see if I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not an art right no. But it's not an it's not right no. no. I mean... So I'm going to... It's not the full 4.5 4. because... It's not the full 4.5? Because no, no. What's a, what's a full 4.5? Because 5 is perfection, right? right. Okay. We can't we can't be giving things 5s unless you're like dead certain. And I'm definitely not dead certain. <laughs> yeah, but in no world is there a phrase of the full 4.5. That makes no sense. You just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> No, you said that. <laughs> I feel like an idiot. Uh, um, yeah, you're, you're dead right. So I'm not going to give it the full five. I'm not going to give it 4.5 either, which is my sort of arbitrary ceiling. Uh, and I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a flat four. A flat. Okay. Uh, Kira. Uh, what? What we? Uh, repeat viewing. Repeat, repeat viewing. I mean, I want to learn every single quote from it. So I'm I'm going to watch it loads of times, or just maybe just the YouTube videos of all all the famous. Oh yeah, videos. I'm sure there'll be gajillions of YouTube videos. Yeah, I actually after finishing it today, I did actually go and watch some of them because I was like, oh, I missed some of them because I wasn't quite paying attention. Mm. Um, I definitely I definitely watch it again, definitely. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, for four point two seven. Oh wow. Nice. Look what you've started. I love I love these multi-decimal answers. I suppose it doesn't matter because it's always going to be madly decimalized at the end. It is. Uh, Helen. So this this is uh, this is like the I assume the Prince Charles cinema do these all the time. I would be. imagine this would be all over oh yeah. PCC, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this people is, dressing up. Yeah, and this is a film that if you like films where you can repeat all of the classic lines and you get that thing from it and that's your thing and you like doing it with groups of other people yeah. who like doing that, that this is your thing. I'm sure this would be a, like a quote along one, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, like you say, people dressed up and all of that. That is not me, sadly. <laughs> and I, I've, I've seen it seen it once and I was, I was really disappointed that I didn't feel like so many people. So you were like me for Midnight Run? No, because I think that's different because I don't think that, has as much love as this does and it has so much love from different areas like filmmakers love it Mm -hmm. actors love it people who um write and work in the stage and screen really love it it it's just generally has that universal appear appeal except i it's not not for me um i'm gonna give it a two um I like the idea of revisiting some of the catchphrases and seeing them in context. And I think that, that bit where that word you said a lot, I, I do not think you understand what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one that does have me in stitches, just that <laughs> that line. Um, I think there's a lot there that I think is really, really magical. And um, I don't I didn't watch it with Sarah, but she my wife and uh, when I asked her about watching it, she was like, No, I don't know. But I'm not sure she's seen it. So if she hasn't seen it, I'll say, Let's watch it, let's watch it, let's watch it. And um yeah, let's watch it. <laughs> and I like the idea of going to Prince Charles as as quotes long. I think that sounds I think if that sounds splendid. Up, yeah. I'm going with you. Absolutely. Let's all go. Let's all go up, but you don't have to go. I'll have learned I'll have learned all the quotes by then. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I won't have done that. I, I do not have time, but I'll, 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 just, I'll just go. <laughs> yeah. But we, I went to um, a sing-along for Pitch Perfect and had all the, all the lyrics on for all the stuff. So, oh, God, so they'll just have the, I think they'll just have the subtitles on and everyone will just join in. Oh, wow. Bit, so. I feel like I'm part of something. Yeah. A movement. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for, yeah, for 3.8, I think. 3.8. Nice. Small screen score. Andy. I mean, we, we've just been saying how we want to go see it in a Pitch Hall cinema. But there's, I mean, there's the small screen, there's the cinematic experience, yeah. collective experience, there's the, would this look better? I think, I think this looks fine. I mean, it's one of those, it's it's properly like a Sunday afternoon, sit with a cup of tea mm. and watch it film, as well as like a, have a couple of beers and watch it with some <laughs> I could transcend both of those things. Like I'd very happily like, you know, I don't have, I don't have kids, but I'd, I'd like watch it with one of my little cousins mm. and have a great time on a Sunday afternoon. But also, you know. Just watch it by yourself. What are we doing tonight? Don't know. Shall we watch Princess Bride and get a can of celery? Yes. That's what I do as well. One can. One can. <laughs> I'm very disciplined. Order. Share a can. Order one Stella from Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like wasting that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's your money. You're going to have to pay for the surcharge of delivery. It's fine. Uh, not if I complain. <laughs> uh, I do not do that. Um, yeah, so... Oh, uh, 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 put that I'm, into a number. I'm going to put that into a... Four point three one nine six. Four point three one nine six. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to add another decimal point. Why not? Fantastic number. Kira. Um, Fantastic number. Yeah, it's a great living room film. You know. <laughs> what does that mean? I'd love that it on the poster. If you, if you have a living room, <laughs> you put it on in the living room and watch it in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> On a small screen, like I can't fit a cinema into my living room, so that's unfortunate. Um, um, but I, I think it works for Netflix. You know, you like looking on it, and you're like, "Oh, I haven't seen this. I'm gonna watch this." You pick it with your mates, and you watch it. Um, <laughs> am I making? Does anyone understand me? <laughs> <laughs> it's too, too far. It's a hot, yes. it's a hot day. Too far in the north. This, yeah, northern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> both of us, both of us from Manchester, like our brains are boiling in, in a very humid London. Are you, are you from are you from Manchester? Yeah, and I don't sound like it. Where about you from? I'm from South Manchester, from Wilmslow. Are you from Wilmslow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill, Hume. Nice. <laughs> the North. Nice. Um, when what? it's compared notes and uh, schools and stuff. Yeah, yeah, nice. Where do you go? Uh, later. later. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I'm trying to say is that it that that it works for the small screen. Yeah, and I would give it. Uh, a four point. <laughs> a four point. Four point. Four points. Yeah. <laughs> four. A nice round four point. Helen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm also going to give it four round points um, uh, because <laughs> I mean, I, I just know there'll be so many people who just return to this over and over again, mm. and it it is. You know, it is great for your living room if you don't happen <laughs> exactly. to have a cinema in your house. Um, but also, I think, um, you know, there is an element that if, if this is your bag, then watching it in shared company is probably equally as enjoyable So, in like a cinema environment. I'm going for 4.58 here. I think Wowzers. some of the special effects are horrific. They have not aged well. I don't think they would have been any good at the time. Um you know, it's not the point. Yeah, exactly. So I think having them on a big screen doesn't help. But I think having the collective experience of people who know and love the film, I think would be really, really cool. So that's why it loses that uh, 0.42. Uh, 
there for me. This is the kind of film where my mum would have put it on and give me like a cheese toast, give us, give us like a cheese toasty, and then we'd I be watching that. And like we did with Goonies. So I would, yeah. I would much rather watch this than the Goonies, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a lot more down on the Goonies than I, than other people. I've, yeah, I've no desire to go back and watch that. I've Goonies. never seen it. Is that a crime? It, no. To some people it would be. I watched the Goonies recently and I, I, I didn't, have a, about I didn't it, don't have a good I? time. Yeah. A lot of people, it. it's their favourite film. I just got really bored. I, I, oh man, this is, this is quite bad. I'm really repping the Princess Pride and like... <laughs> but like oh no no that's a whole other rabbit would hole would I it like is... it would, I, would you recommend The Goonies to me well you'd like B movie so I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I liked the B movie I said no, I liked I know, the first 10 minutes um you, you know what I think I think I was in a bad mood when I watched The Goonies and I would be prepared to give it another go I think but... everyone should yeah, watch you should, it yeah you should give it a go yeah. Um, yeah, but you, you you might find it a little bit underwhelming Okay. And, and troublesome. I've got other ones mm. to watch first. Yeah. Uh, engagement score, Andy. Uh, I was giggling throughout. Yeah. Um, I watched it when I watched it. Well, I watched it with uh, my friend Pip, who had seen it before, mm-hmm. and he basically spent the whole time like just nudging me, like big smile that, in his like, face. Oh, yeah. oh, this bit's coming up, uh, <laughs> and like pointing stuff out. Can I say I kind of hate those people when you when you're watching for the first time? I just want to be yeah. Normally, yeah, I am completely with you there. But it, in this case, because it was like I'm, he's quite a grumpy man, <laughs> and he was just filled with childish joy, <laughs> and Aww. and it was just you know I had such a great time all the way through. I think I think I I stopped the film at one point to go and get a cup of tea, and that was just because I had a very necessary need for tea. Sure, because uh, it was British, yeah, because it was a humid hot day. Uh, and it just sorted me out. Uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go four point five again. Engagement. I just had a lovely time. I'm so sorry you didn't really love it. No, it's it's. I mean, I've tried before. Yeah. And the first time I watched it, I was a bit like, oh. Did you watch B movie first? Uh, I know we're not supposed to reference the other episode, but <laughs> yes. Right. But. Not on the same day. Not on the same day. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was just looking at my... Um, I was actually... I was quite looking forward to watching it again and going, maybe I can watch it this time and I will get it this time. Um, but it didn't happen. And the only notes that I wrote down were gremlins, which I can only think that when I was watching it, I was thinking, I wish I was watching gremlins instead because I think oh. that's kind of... That is the film that means what the princess bride means to some people possibly Gremlins, in kind of a weird way Gremlins is great at the prince charles by the way That's i'd love to see that charles, I? I mean I, I think that is more the kind of film that i really really liked and mm. when you sort of saying about going back to the goonies i remember watching it and I, I mean liking it probably when i was a child but like the thought of going back to that i don't have zero interest but I will constantly go back to Gremlins because I really like Gremlins. When when you saw the Gremlins as a kid, were you shit scared? No, I just thought they were oh, really? really. I really liked the bit where they um they you know they the do turn. the chrysalis thing and they're all like they come out and they're all like freaky and scary. And when they get blended and put in the microwave and then when they attack Spoilers people, for Gremlins. yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Gremlins scared the shit out of me as a kid when I watched it at Prince Charles like three or four years ago. It's an hour and out comedy. It's just like not. In, in any way a scary film I had this uh, with um, oh, what was that film 
Ah, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that as well. I was pretty, 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 I was pretty young when that came out. Yeah. And I think it was the bit, it was the bit when they do the all out assault on the house. Um, like I got properly freaked out. There was something about it. Then it's immediately followed up by the classic bit where they're firing tennis balls that are on fire in and then that person's like doing Rustling the away. Anyway, it's for Toy Soldiers. Engagement score, Kira. I mean, I was fully engaged. Uh, in my living room, which is where the perfect place to watch it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was laughing. I thought it was really funny. I really liked the costumes. I felt like I was being thrown back in time looking at some of the like weird, bad special effects in the film in general. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with, Andy and give it a 4.5 because I didn't pause it. Sure. <laughs> and you watched it in your living room. That's, that should go on like a poster somewhere. Perfect for your living room. I, I wasn't as highly engaged. Um, 3.5? 3.5? I'm going to go for 4.1 here. Yeah, that's good. I wouldn't have watched this if you hadn't chosen it, Andy, because I was probably waiting for younger children who hadn't seen it to watch it to try and live through them but i'm glad you did um i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was going to and right from the start even i thought it was a nice kind of setup into it and loved it all the way through not loved it all the way through but i was just like into it all the way through so 4.1 for me and that gives us an overall score of 3.97 just a slice underneath uh the four there um Helen, you've got a list of previous Wooden Overcoats guests and how their films rated. Do you want to do a quick rundown? Yeah. Do we want to do it in order or we just want to do it randomly? Just go down the list you have there. Um, so um, The Princess Bride is 3.97. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirates, An Adventure with Scientists. Do yeah. give it its full title? One of the full titles. There's a few. Ham Night. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> 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 The conversation we had about Christmas ham. Oh my god, I bet. <laughs> so, that, so that was with Felix and uh, Tom. Yeah, that, that, that was four point two. So that was pretty high. Um, the woman in black was two point five. Uh, All about Eve was four point four six. Yeah, one of our highest rated films. Yep. Um, then from one of the highest to one of the lowest, uh, B movie with one point eight one. And Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. I'm amazed that got 2.38, really. Well, it's quite... Yeah, had some stuff going for it. And that gives an overall... Yeah, so that's... that's um, that was a third, so, I believe. Yeah, third. Yeah. Nice. Woo. Third and last. So, <laughs> so we do, uh, as always, reach out to Twitter. And uh, do follow us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. In this case, we put the tweet out. We're reviewing Princess Bride with Kira Baxendale and Sound of a Goddard from o- at Overcoats Wooden. Uh, gives you thoughts for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatcher. And we got a decent response. I would this, expect. Which I, yeah, it would. which I expected. Um, All these die-hard fans. Do you want to take the first one, Andy? Uh, five stars. What can I say? A classic. That was from uh, What Were They Thinking at WWTT Podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Kira? Can I, what is SO? I've always wondered this. Significant Other. Oh uh, I yeah. get everything now. Yeah. <laughs> My significant other's all-time favorite film and book, Goldman and Reiner combined exemplary writing and a stellar ensemble to produce a quotable cult classic. Special mention to cheesy keyboard incidental music by Mark... Well, Mark Knopfler. Knopf- Knopfler. Yeah. Uh, five Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> five Peanuts. Is that, is that Mark... I'm not going to talk about Mark Knopfler. Um, 
we didn't talk about Rob Reiner. Um, he has he has our highest rate. He's the director of our highest rated film on Flix Watcher podcast, which is uh, When Harry Met Sally. Oh Aww. right. Um, so he's he went on to do huge things after this. I don't, he really fought for this film. Part of my research and knowledge about yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Bride. a lot about this what, film. What else did he do after Harry Met Sally? Because I I, well, I was he, under the impression he did this and then almost nothing else apart from. Well, this. no, well, he directed. Um, I mentioned the film already with Christopher Guest. Uh, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm a big idiot. Yeah, 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 of course. So I can't remember the rest of his films off the top of my head, but he's onto this good stuff. Uh, Helen. Um, So this is from Death by Film Podcast. Four stars, a cult classic that I will admit I like, but I don't love. Some unbelievably timeless dialogue in there, though. Uh, I love the gift comment you've replied with. Inconceivable. (laughs) Inconceivable. (laughs) Uh, Andy. Um, movie shelf at movie shelf pod says, "Oh, and fi- oh, hang on, that's got to be replied to something else." Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Uh, seen it, love it, heart. Uh, even use a theme score as our wedding processional and uh, storybook love story for our first dance. Oh, oh and five stars, of course. And it, there is real love for this film, isn't there? Oh, do you think they had a themed wedding as well? Like if they wore the outfit, I've got to say I the co- so. costumes from the wedding ugh, were lush. Cool, the jewelry, I really want all of it. Uh, Kira. Uh, bad casting pod, five stars. And then they have quoted the timeless, as you wish. It's nice, that. And do you want to finish up, Helen? I mean, let's rewatch. It says, they say it's a perfect movie, but there's no stars. There's no stars. Well, can infer... Five is perfect. I guess 4. I'm assuming 5. a five. 4.5. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. That's 4.5. 4. 4. 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a six. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, can you just sign up for telling people where they can find you online and say bye to people? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sound of a Goddard uh, and occasionally on Instagram at Radio Goddard. Um, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kira, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kira Baxendale. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you very much for having us. Bye. 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 Enjoy listening to Flickswatcher podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts. Why not leave us your five-star review on iTunes and follow us at Flickswatcher Pod on Twitter. Thank you, Rachel Jordan, for editing this podcast and making it sound so smooth and slick and sweet. And thank you very much to Mighty People for the tunes that you all are enjoying now. <laughs>